The Murder of Tutankhamun, Chapter 4, Part 2, Akhenaten the Dreamer. The fullest explanation of the theology of the new religion comes from a hymn carved on the walls of several tombs at Amarna. The most elaborate version is incorporated in the west wall of the tomb of Ai, a favorite courtier of Akhenaten. All indications are that Akhenaten himself composed it. Although written centuries before the Old Testament, it has a similar tone. In fact, scholars find resemblances to Psalm 104. Splendid you rise in heaven's light land. O living Aten, creator of life, when you have dawned in eastern light land, you fill every land with your beauty. Your you are beauteous, great, radiant, high over every land. Your rays embrace the lands to the limit of all that you made. Rain, Ra, you reach their limits. You bend them for the sons whom you love. Though you are far, your rays are on earth. Though one sees you, your strides are unseen. How many are your deeds, though hidden from sight? O soul God, beside whom there is none. You made the earth as you wished, you alone. All peoples, herds, and flocks. All upon earth that walk on legs. All on high that fly on wings. The lands of Kor and Cush, the land of Egypt. You set up every man in his place. You supply their needs. Everyone has his food. His lifetime is counted. Their tongues differ in speech. Their characters likewise, their skins are distinct, for you distinguish the peoples. You are my heart. There are no other who know you. Only your son, Nefer Kepru Re, Akhnaten, sole one of Ra, whom you have taught your ways and might. Poetry shows Akhnaten at his best. The hymn to the Aten is one of the most intellectual achievements of the ancient world. By so elegantly stating the essential theological doctrine, this hymn must have been a great inspiration to his followers. Only one God, the Aten, is responsible for creation of the world, and the God created the people of all the nations, not just the Egyptians. Of course, if the Aten was the God of all people, then the Egyptians were no longer superior. By embracing all the people of the world, Akhenaten had undermined the justification for all of Egypt's previous military campaigns. The world is no longer revolving around Egypt. It revolves around the sun. The hymn to the Aten reveals Akhenaten as a man of sensitivity, an inspired poet. While his speech on the boundary stella shows a visionary, a mystic, the policies instituted and the changes made during his reign were so radical in their humanism and so divergent from tradition that they could only have been initiated by the pharaoh himself. From temple and tomb walls, we discover a man devoted to his family. From his city, we observe the bold planning of a creative mind. From his art, we discern his love of beauty, his belief in living in truth. Nefertiti, whose name means the beautiful one has come, is always shown at his side, making daily offerings to the Aten.
They are together at every official function, affectionately holding hands in public and embracing in their chariot as they drive to the temple. The king refers to Nefertiti as sweet of love and in the sound of whose voice the king takes delight. Each Bauderistella includes a long preamble extolling the virtues of his beloved queen. And the heiress, great in the palace, fair of face, adorned with the double plumes, mistress of happiness, endowed with favors, at hearing whose voice the king rejoices, and the great wife of the king, his beloved, the lady of the two lands, Nefer, Nefer, Aten, Nefertiti, good like the beauty of Aten, a beautiful woman comes, may she live forever and always. Devoted to his young daughters, he is often shown holding one of one or more of them on his knee, kissing them tenderly. Akhenaten, a champion of family values, emerges from the ruins of Amarna as a man we can like, thoughtful, caring. We understand why Petri was taken with the man. It is tempting to look at only this side of Akhenaten, the man who preached love and peace, but there was another darker side. Akhenaten was also an intolerant elitist. A second look at Amarna art reveals that the Aten shines only on Akhenaten and the royal family, not on the Egyptian people. The common man is never shown receiving the Aten's rays and the symbols of life and power. The Aten was Akhenaten's personal god. Everyone else had to make do with secondary light reflected from Akhenaten. An examination of the records found at Amarna showed that the king was also inept and disinterested in ruling the country. The Egypt that he inherited from his father, Amenhotep III, was in its golden age, at the peak of its power. Taxes collected from foreign territories flowed into Egypt each year. But after Akhenaten took over, no one minded the store any longer. Revenue was only forthcoming as long as Egypt was strong with an army to enforce the collection of tribute. Akhenaten, unwilling or unable to attend to the affairs of the government, effectively turned over the administration of the country to his aides. Without a strong king at the helm, Egypt's tax revenue and lucrative trade agreement were allowed to lapse. The army received little support. While Akhenaten contemplated the Aten, the affairs of state disintegrated from neglect. He was the flower child of a wealthy man who inherited but ignored the family business. Under Akhenaten's disinterested control, Egypt's power in the Near East declined rapidly. Donald Redford, the Egyptologist who has devoted more than a quarter of a century to unearthing Akhenaten's scattered monuments, believes his findings reveal one of the most displeasing characteristics of the way of life Akhenaten held up as a model, refined sloth. As Egypt gradually lost its dominant position in the Near East, the residents of Amarna, although isolated, must have sensed that all was not well in the land. The new god, the abstract Aten, had not provided for the country and its people as well as the old gods of Egypt had. In the end, Akhenaten 
resorted to lavish rewards to keep the faithful true to his cause. Scenes carved on tomb walls show Akhenaten, Nefertiti, and the princesses standing at the palace's window of appearances, while citizens of Amarna gathered in the street below, reaching up to receive necklaces of gold handed down by the royal family. By the end of Akhenaten's reign, the distribution of gold necklaces may have been little more than a bribe to keep the people faithful. With his control slipping, Akhenaten, in a surge of fanaticism, dispatched workmen throughout Egypt to chisel out the name of Amun, the chief god of Thebes, wherever, wherever it appeared on monuments. Even the three hieroglyphs signifying Amun in his father's name, Amenhotep, were erased. Akhenaten died in the 17th year of his reign, taking his vision of a new world with him. His body was never found. No inscription tells us what caused his death. We only know that a reign that began by preaching peace and beauty ended in a regime of intolerance.